You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome to another episode of The Potato Files. I am your host, Jeff Paul, the human potato of comedy. My guest is already laughing at me because I'm an idiot. Very, very funny comedian. Um, he's got a Netflix special. he got another Netflix special coming soon. Pete Hansen's my guest. Uh, honk your horn, clap your hands, do whatever you do when you're listening to these podcasts, if you even listen. I don't know. Fingers crossed Netflix picks it up, but I've taped it. <laughs> <laughs> you have taped it? Yeah, I taped it in Rotterdam in February. Rotterdam. Nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Not in this country. No. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the Rotterdam in this country? Oh, the equivalent to a Rotterdam? Well, I don't know. We, we Every fucking city over here is named after something over there, pretty much. Oh, no, I don't think... Oh, yeah, that's an interesting question. New Amsterdam was New York, wasn't it? Yeah, New Rotterdam? I don't know. You got yeah, me this there. Place used to, this city used to be I want to start this with the energy you started the intro with. Was, hey, Paul, it's great to be here. <laughs> I'll tell you what, my, uh, that's fantastic my, being on a podcast. <laughs> that is my, uh, that's my radio voice. I, I like put it that. out for 10 seconds, and then I... Uh, and you're worn out. Your yeah, now I'm done. Now I just settle in, and I'll let you do the heavy lifting. That's exciting. Can you mind me asking? I, you'll have to kind of educate me a little bit during this show. Why are you called the potato? I don't understand that. Oh, that's... Uh, Pew gave me that nickname. Um, Rob Pugh we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, Rob Pugh. Incredibly skilled Canadian comic. Very, Pugh. very funny. He gave yeah. me that nickname because he said he, I, I reminded him of a friend out West who he also called Potato. Right. So then uh, he just started calling me Potato one day. He and, actually uh, used to call everybody out West Potato. That's why I was curious because oh, I was Potato. And I, I guess the, I'm the only one that stuck He then, just eh? walked around saying Potato for about <laughs> three months. It's one of the weirdest things. We thought he had a brain disease. He was saying it for years yeah. and then it finally caught on me. Yeah, yeah. He, he got hit one night. I remember it. He was in a fight. I think it was Richard Lett. <laughs> and uh, took a punch to the head, and all of a sudden his vocabulary came back. But then our nicknames only stuck with a handful of us. <laughs> but yeah, that's why I'm uh, the potato. So I don't know. Why why run from it? My nickname in... Uh, and nobody calls you the potato. No, no, right, no. Just get a lot of tater, by the way. Tater. Hey, tater's yeah, cool. It's turning hey, tater. tater. <laughs> My nickname uh, back home, where I grew up, was Uter, which is the uh, the fat little foreign exchange student on The Simpsons. The valedictorian in our, uh, in our university was nicknamed... Not Uter. Not. <laughs> <laughs> lovely, lovely. Yeah, just put it in context. You you went to university? No, I dropped out of high school, <laughs> to be honest with you. All right, well, that's what this um, podcast is all about. You're a big fan. Everyone's a big fan of the Potato Files, so uh, you you know we're here on the Never Sleeps Network. Oh, right. I thought, at first, I thought it was the never-ending network. <laughs> I was like, never sleeps. You're right. No, we, You're right. We, we don't sleep around here. Where the night owls fly. I went to an owl cafe two weeks ago. What is an owl cafe? It's a cafe with owls. There's live owls? Owls everywhere. That you indoor. Can, in, yeah, indoor. Be, yeah, yeah. Outdoor would be difficult. They'd be distracted by, I imagine, ferrets and things. <laughs> um, it was in Tokyo. It was in the Shinjuku district. And, really? Uh, yeah, and you got to sit there and, and pet what are these out- little they, snow they owls. Touch them? Bar- oh, yeah, they're incredibly docile. I mean, there's a part of you that goes, this is probably not good yeah they're terrified but that's the whole thing in tokyo right now there's a you can go to a cafe with any specific animal i noticed they don't intermix them like you can have a cat cafe they have a otter cafe they have a (laughs) hedgehog cafe they've got lots of shinu ibu dog cafes and owl cafes but you never see one that's like hey a bunch of animals it's not like a zoo (laughs) no zoo cafes no no zoo cafes (laughs) all specialized yeah it's all specialized to one can't have these animals and i went to a fox village Right outside of Fukushima. That's kind of cool. Jesus. Yeah. Which I assume, you know, gives the radiation 10 more years and it'll be amazing. 
Uh, Fox's eyes are glowing. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> but they call it a fox village, which I thought instead of a fox like uh, enclosure, and being the village, it was a little bit missold because there was nothing other. There, they didn't have any. Like, it wasn't like a post office. Village. Really, this is a, <laughs> like, this is a cage. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually traumatic too. I mean, foxes are incredibly cute when you look at a picture, but there's a lot of things that when you don't interact or are around live foxes, you don't realize. Um, first watched, of all, I've watched fox videos on the internet. They're pretty yeah, cute. Again, looking at them, fine, but they stink. Like they smell like skunk bad. Like well, they've been eating skunk sometimes. Yeah, but they also have their own scent glands that really? just you get there and you're like, what is that smell? And they are vicious. Am I allowed to swear on the Say, Never Swears Network? Never Swears Network, buddy. <laughs> the, no, they they are vicious as motherfuckers. And one of the things they they make their secondary money at this place is they sell you um, uh, snacks that you can give the foxes. Okay. And you think, oh, this will be fun. I can feed some foxes. And they go, well, go to the center. They build this little enclosure that you stand on and you throw food to the, the foxes. And um, you think, oh, but what you're actually doing is you turn into Michael Vick. Because you throw <laughs> something out and you start the most brutal multi Fox for a little fight. bit out of time, <laughs> and they're so vicious. They're like it's traumatic. You're just watching. They're they're tearing at each other like the end scenes of Watership Down, and so and all the eager alpha ones are in the front just because they know they're going to get fed. And then you see these sad little shy ones in the back. So uh, you know anybody with any semblance of empathy that loves animals goes, oh, well, those guys are starving back there. <laughs> to the back. So so I'll throw. So you'll think I'll be a good guy, and all your heart's saying is give the little ones. And so you throw like one way back to the thing, and they're happy for about a second till their eyes open and see every alpha fox <laughs> fucking bearing down on them and you've just caused the assault of this shy <laughs> subtle fox off in the back like it, it's a real conundrum for your values but <laughs> i don't know if you've ever heard of a lovely place called marine land in niagara falls i've heard i've I, heard you can throw children to the whales you, yeah, is that yeah, right actually. i'm not sure how it works when, or blankets when I'm i was sure. a, when Trainers, i was a kid what do they eat <laughs> <laughs> when i was a kid they had polar bears at marine <sighs> land and it was like the saddest polar bear exhibit and there was these vending machine dis like food dispensers mm -hmm. that you could feed the polar bears but it was marshmallows like those little tiny marshmallows no and people just way. feeding po polar bears marshmallows all day pure carbohydrate <laughs> that's insane that's insane i mean talk about uh, a paleolithic diet of, of <laughs> any type of animal fat and protein no well, carbohydrate it's, it's, in the arctic it's probably, whatsoever it's probably abundant in their natural habitat what a marshmallow you yeah, know yeah yeah there's icebergs and there's marshmallows well, that's yeah. the worst thing about the ice caps receding is you know. <laughs> all the marshmallows getting exposed yeah. <laughs> the po polar bears though they used to have them at uh, stanley park in vancouver too as a kid and then they shut down the polar bears and this is a neat thing if you want to do a little uh youtubing folks uh <laughs> i don't know if you know my obsession with bears but um <laughs> One of the trainers uh, or the keepers, uh, they couldn't find a place for one of the polar bears. And one of the guys took the polar bear home and lives with it in Abbotsford uh, in his backyard. And there, he has this huge enclosure with a pool and he lives with this freaking massive polar bear. And they swim together and they play with They're each buddies? other. They're buddies. And it's the coolest thing ever. I mean, I'm not for the keeping of animals, but yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a pretty neat little thing. Yeah, if I could yeah. have my dream situation, it would be living with a polar bear. You know, that would be pretty cool. That's crazy. Vancouver is where you uh, grew up then? Mm, in the interior of BC, specifically. Interior of BC? Where I, were you born? Uh, I don't, I'm not here to get my identity stolen. <laughs> 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 I mean, 
mean, seriously. I mean, just where what, were you born and what's your social insurance number? Yeah, yeah. What was your mom's maiden name Didn't again? Did make so you fill that social insurance no. number out on the sheet? Uh, the interior BC is where I'm from. I, I grew up around everybody that lost World War II. Germans <laughs> and Japanese, surrounded by them both. Um, that's where they all immigrated to in Canada. And um, yeah, it's a, it was a lovely place when I grew up, but it's transitioned into sort of a land grab for profits. And it's like a mountain down there? Environmental catastrophe. Yeah, uh, yeah, central Okanagan. Yeah. And the Hells Angels have a very strong hold there now, too, which is quite uh, detrimental. I mean, I, I wish it would go back to the way it was, but it's one of the more, most mismanaged places in Canada, in my opinion, when it comes to... This is not funny. <laughs> hey, right. are we going to talk? Are we going to talk city development at any point in this podcast? <laughs> Jesus. The sewer systems are all out of whack. <laughs> They got no bike lanes. Place is falling apart. Uh, brothers, sisters, or what? Yeah, I don't like talking about them either. Um, <laughs> how about you? Any brothers and sisters? I have, Potato boy? I, I have two brothers. And, and one's a turnip, and one is a... <laughs> one works with my dad in the bread business. Are you kidding me? My dad uh, My dad works for Dempsters, drives a bread truck. Was he involved in the uh, price the, scandal no, with Loblaws? buddy, that was fucking... That was Wonder Bread, man. The enemy. Jesus. Yeah, we don't Big bread. Nobody big, big, talks about big bread. <laughs> it's taken over. Yeah, yeah. Big bread's why we're fat. Big bread's manipulating the price. Canada's got a lot of like really corrupt niche industries. Like, I mean, we're all familiar with how much uh, anybody that travels knows that we have the most expensive cell phones on planet Earth mm-hmm. and our internet sucks. Yeah. But then you get in little things like bread and then che- cauliflower. Like, <laughs> well, I, I've never paid more for cauliflower than in this country. Where Asparagus, is the, too. Which is also the only country I've ever grown cauliflower, <laughs> which is a real fucking puzzle. Um, milk well, and cheese is the one it's like cheese is good their price has got to be set by telus because i don't understand how you can get away with charging what we charge for fucking cheese in this country yeah, seven bucks a block yeah it's like oh cheese has to be expensive because we don't have enough towers to get the signal out <laughs> i don't know I, I don't get the fucking justification a third of our country is fucking grazing land for fucking cows what's and uh, we have the most expensive cheese on the planet what's your diet you eat everything Mm, I've cut back massively on red meats for environmental reasons, but yeah. not for moral reasons. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't have any uh, moral issue eating meat. No, I, I, I just I, like you I, can't disacknowledge the cycle of existence that's precursed us for you know the three billion years that life's existed on this planet. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. But I do think that the environmental issues are reasons to cut back on it. Well, yeah, I, I, I we probably watched the same documentary about. Uh, I don't watch documentaries. Okay. Don't assume things about me. Um, <laughs> But no, they say like, uh, they said America is like 50% of America is uh, to grow food and 80% of that is just to feed cattle. It's an incredibly inefficient route to go. It should be a treat. You know, that's the way I look at it. I treat myself once a week as I need Mm -hmm. with with some of the more uh, uh, inefficient proteins. Yeah. And, um, you know, I try to keep- What about chickens? Don't give a fuck about them. I hate chickens, first of all. So uh, (laughs) I don't like being around them at all. But you like eating them? They're all right, but I don't eat a lot of them. <laughs> I just dislike chickens. I, if I could choose never to be around a chicken, that would be ultimately, that's where I'd go. That's where Makes I'd go. Sense. I'd go to the, yeah. I, I, if you've ever been woken up more than a week by a rooster. Oh, I had uh, uh, my, buddy, <laughs> I, my buddy I used to stay with, uh, when I go back home, he had uh, chickens oh. every fucking morning. Yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if you drink. <laughs> there's a temptation there to uh to really sort of exert your core uh, animal uh, <laughs> self or at least by a fox oh we had my we had it down and my buddy had the chicken in the position with an axe and he's like you guys really want me to just cut its head off and show you how this is done and i'm yeah. like 
no, nah, you know, let's take the day off. Yeah. I, don't I don't actually need to see the violence. Uh, I'll, I'll benefit from it later. Well, I, I, I wouldn't be bothered, though, if, like, if I saw my meal be slaughtered in front of me and butchered. Well, I've always kind of had looked at that from a component, too. It's like, uh, I, tr I would like to just eat what I could kill. That's why I don't really eat pork or pig at all because i love pigs yeah. and i could i just couldn't i mean they're amazing <laughs> they're so smart it's sad that they taste so well and i've always wondered if there's a there's correlation so many between, different things that taste good in yeah them too. It, it makes you think about the intellect though because pigs are way smarter than dogs and you whenever you spend time with them you realize how incredibly smart they are and then you find out how good they taste and you think fuck maybe that's why the japanese eat dolphins because that's like the smartest animal <laughs> in the world I, I mean a dolphin lettuce tomato sandwich could be the best thing ever what about like um an aussie shepherd would you eat an Aussie Shepherd, that'd be a tasty dog. Possibly, yeah, a Blue Heeler. Yeah, smart little animal, <laughs> eh? I, at that point, I'd probably eat an Aussie. You know, if I really wanted to go for the succulent yeah. delicacies, but yeah, they're not the smartest. Not smart, if we're yeah. going to go that way, let's, let's go Swedish, Israeli, kind of. <laughs> That's the route for intellect. <laughs> I'd like to eat a nice German engineer, yeah. eh? Uh, the countries right. that have the most Nobel Prizes are the truly the delicacies of the world. <laughs> Uh, it'll get there one day. We'll all have to start eating humans or you no. become the food yourself. Eh. The apocalypse is coming, guys. Get ready. All right. Get we ready. could go to that option or we could simply choose to have less children. <laughs> hmm. Oh, being the animals that we are, I'm not going to stop reproducing. I'm the most important person ever. My genetics have to continue. I take it you uh, you and the wife have made the choice not to uh, procreate? Uh, well, I like to put it, we like, we've like we made the choice to have lots of abortions. Uh, I find that just a better way to put it because we love abortions. Got a nice and punch you know, card? It fits into our, uh, yeah, we got a, we got a great abdominal <laughs> scraper uh he's she's the bomb and they love me at the clinic i make everybody laugh. i kill at the clinic that's what i do i kill at the con at the abortion clinics that's what people say well it, it, eases, <laughs> it eases the mind of those um those girls that are going to hell for killing their babies i actually did make everybody laugh at the abortion clinic when we went and it was quite uh, quite an interesting thing because one of the nurses says nobody does that here nobody laughs and uh we had everybody laughing and it was it, and you could see the relief like because I, I don't understand why we uh, don't act like it's a wonderful thing it's like any other i mean if you get down to the science of it it's just cells i mean it really isn't and was this a recent trip to the abortion clinic oh no this is years ago yeah but uh, it was wonderful. They did say, you got to come back. And I said, we're trying. <laughs> <laughs> Give her a couple weeks. I'll get back in there. <laughs> you always got that post-abortion uh, wait period there. That's never fun. For what? Well, you know, the things are... Oh, yeah. They make you come back when you have a need for it. You can't just do it for the feeling. <laughs> I just... I like getting my cervix scraped. That's just who I am. <laughs> Ow. Oh, bad. So, you, you don't want to talk about your siblings? Do you have siblings? You don't even want to talk about it? No, not really. Uh, parents? You had parents? Mm. No? No, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, wait, wait, let's talk about ideas. What, what kind of ideas you got? I don't know. What, 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 pa what passions do you have? What passions do I have? Yeah, I don't know, man. I would, uh, I would be happy uh, living in the woods. Oh, um, right. Would like not a lot of people around. Well, isn't that and why our, we have so many zombie films right now? Is because we all fantasize about that self reliance when all the rules would go down and the deconstruction of our society. So we have this sort of re. I would like society to st still be there, so I can like yeah. drive into town and hit the LCBO shit like that. <laughs> But um, I don't. I don't know, man. I think my passion would be to have enough money not to have to do anything. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know, just chill the fuck out, enjoy yourself. Isn't that interesting? Because what do they say about the people that survived uh, the concentration camps in that book? Uh, the people that had a purpose. 
you know, <laughs> those are the ones that made it, you know, and I think to myself a lot, like, nah, I wouldn't have made it. No, I wouldn't have made it. <laughs> I'm just, no, I, I felt I, like I've been retired since I was 20. They shove, <laughs> they shove me in like a, like a small space with a bunch of people. The people will just end up killing me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll be snoring away one night. Nobody can get sleep and somebody will just come and fucking, they won't have a pillow to smother me with. They'll have to use their fucking hands. <laughs> but I am always amazed when I run into people that have a real sense of purpose and I, I'm impressed by it and I'm inspired by it to a certain Do you degree. think you have a sense of purpose oh, God, or are you no, just here no. to have a good time? I'm not here to have a good time. I'm not. Are I'm, you having a good time that, though? Wasn't that Wittgenstein who said that the only reason we're, I don't know why we're here, but we're not here to just have fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's got to be sort of a, a benefit to our existence, but I don't know. Uh, well, no. I see it as like, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to cure a disease. No. I'm not going to be a doctor. I'm just going to be. I'd like to pretend I was a doctor. Yeah. I'm just some. Until I was caught. Just another asshole. So why not? <laughs> My purpose just be enjoy my time and have as much fun as I can. And yeah. not, don't fuck with other people's fun, you know? I'd like to make the world a slightly better place, but that's a paradox, right? Because whenever you do good, somebody else thinks they're doing good stopping you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> <laughs> that was offensive what you said. Yeah, but those people all laughed. I don't care. I didn't like it. Yeah, like, yeah fuck it's you. A, it's a tough path to contribute to the to the net good or gross good. I don't know how it's calculated. Yeah. Like, I think uh, what we do is a good thing. People are laughing. Oh, you mean comedy? Yeah, sure. I think yeah. To like, uh, at the top, uh, at certain levels, it's good. It's not changing anything. It's not like it's just a. Well, it does. When you look at what comedy throughout history has been like the sort of the first precursor to social change in almost every environment. And in that way, it's a bellwether for people to sort of uh, perk up their ears. Things are going to go a different route. And the first introduction to it is laughing to it uncomfortably, even whether it's pro or against. Mm -hmm. The issue is generally. Right back to the abortion clinic, eh? Right back to the abortion clinic, civil rights. Uh, a lot of issues, women's rights were talked about in comedic stages, anti-war historically mm-hmm. bridged uh, before, you know, a lot of issues sort of were adopted by uh, social, you know, I don't know the words. I mean, I ain't so bright right now. So you think Martin Luther King's speech could have had a few more jokes? <laughs> <laughs> I could punch this up for you. <laughs> which which speech? The most famous one? Dude, I had a dream, I guess. Yeah, that's actually an old speech that he retooled and borrowed from another preacher, uh-huh. which is interesting. They, there's a neat thing amongst preachers and i didn't know this until I, I watched a documentary on it but they um oh they, you do watch documentaries i hey, was being well, a prick i was okay, being contrary okay because the contrast i thought would be entertaining to the to the, the viewer the listener at home going oh that guy's shocking the that listener was, at home have you showed him our ratings the listener that's i don't, don't want to know that this if is one, a pointless activity tim golden's listening <laughs> say hi to tim golden could we could we yeah we can name all the listeners oh, yeah. just tim yeah, why don't we just invite them over and we can get rid of these microphones yeah we do a live show kick out the window will improve <laughs> some of the uh yeah no but i i think it's interesting like that there that there's not like one preacher walking around going that guy's a hack stole <laughs> like, he stole that bit that's, hey, no, you hear his that's from the, the bible that <laughs> they're yeah. just preachers sitting in the back of the room like comics just like look yeah. at this fucking guy <laughs> i thought of that blessing 10 years ago <laughs> that is a great concept yeah um oh. yeah Laughter gets us there. You think we are we are doing a good thing when we, you know, do a show. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think my dick jokes are going to change the world. It'll change a few Oh, yeah. I don't know if your show does any good. But, <laughs> the I mean, dope and mic every single Wednesday night, <laughs> Underground Comedy Club. But you do support other comics that do good, and that's important. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, there's a, I, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't possibly tell. I, I, there's a certain amount of ego involved in sort of just blindly thinking that what we do is good. But I'm, I, I, we do make, and I have seen, uh, I've had letters from people that have moved me that, you know, but mm-hmm. they're all anecdotal to a certain degree. And it's, it's depending on circumstance. I mean, it could have been a ray of sunshine or a song, but it happened to be comedy that brought them out of their darkness, you know? And, yeah, okay. you know, it's, it's, it's the luck of the draw that it was me, but you know. yeah, yeah, no, I, I've had definitely had people come up and like talk to you afterwards and like, hey, really, this is really what I needed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've gotten laughs before Pete, I know, I four think, or five. I, I, I think the stuff that I, I can handle is funny. Uh, <laughs> you get picked on a lot or is that just me? Um, yeah, it's an notorious that people pick on you a little bit right yeah but you know what? i'm gonna buck the trend I no think that's fine i that's think you're a very strong comic it's um <laughs> i get it i get it uh, i i see it as um like you, nobody's gonna hurt my feelings right um and isn't pe- that a lovely what a, <clears throat> people well, that's a superpower in today's society yeah. by the way that should be the new marvel superhero nobody's gonna yeah hurt yeah, my yeah just <laughs> emotionless yeah, yeah, I, I don't care what you think guy. whoa well and that's the thing i think people see that and because everyone wants a release, mm-hmm. and so they come at me, and I come back at them, and I, but like, they're not going to offend me, and they know they can mm-hmm. get away with it, and I don't know, I just, whatever. I have fun with it. I think that's wonderful. I, to, be, to be honest with you, I think you're setting a, a fine example mm-hmm. uh, with showing that shit can roll off your yeah, shoulders. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. Absolutely. It's and it's not, also the basis of joke. But also understanding that when people are joking seems to be a lost thing now because people want to jump to the most negative possible social interaction mm-hmm. rather than sort of thinking, oh, maybe they're joking. Like yeah. that that seems like li- on a number eight on a list of other thoughts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think, and even like, uh, I don't know what you're like, core group of friends is but like my just you just me good <laughs> you should come hang out because like me my core group of friends we're awful to each other yeah we treat each other like shit i love that stuff we, but it, I, but it's always but you love each other yeah that's really and it's just each other. you can't fucking yell at some asshole in the street that pissed you off right so you go see your buddies and fucking bust balls and well to be honest with you that's one of the reasons i'm kind of stepping back from stand-up I'm not quitting or anything, but I'm sort of, I'm going back to school in September. Well, and, really? What are you going to take? Uh, psychology and computer science. Okay. But one of the reasons I'm doing this, cause I'm not having as much fun socially in comedy as I <laughs> used to. Cause people don't joke around anymore. Yeah. I find green rooms, uh, tiresome. Um, and I find them not fun places. Whereas they used to be amazing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to sit backstage and bust balls and have my balls busted and, and interacting with people. But there's uh, two factors that have sort of changed lately. One is, and I can't fault people for this, is ambition. People are much more focused mm-hmm. on becoming successful, which is great for you. Uh, I think it's, yeah, you have to be now. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, it there's so many fish. Uh, you got to. That's, gotta... that's, and that's lovely. I'm not faulting that, mm-hmm. but it does keep people from sort of uh, allowing their guard down a certain degree. <clears throat> and then there's this other, there's an insecurity now uh and a frailness to people's interactions where why would you think that anybody wants to hurt you backstage we're all in this together yeah. we're joking with each other but people take stuff so personally now yeah everything's personal and i think that's a filter of a describing of a classic comedy that really never existed from people that didn't understand things mm-hmm. but you know to each our own i what i'm actually planning on doing is i'm starting a patreon fund right now for young comics to pay me to quit <laughs> and uh that's my kind of goal it's like if i can raise i don't know uh it's just a nice retirement fund nice well, nest just egg, saying, eh? if you if, if i am i'm an older comic i get all the spots i get everything and i'm part of the problem i guess <laughs> uh, even though i'm a fairly progressive individual and i and i and i want good but i understand that you're supposed to make room for the next generation that's great and i'd love 
to, but just pay me to get out of here. <laughs> I mean, I'm starting a Patreon. I'm just going to get, I think all comics everywhere should pay me to get out right. and then I'll just fucking get out. You know, you can have whoever's left who you don't pay. I'd like you to <laughs> stick around though. I enjoy you. Mm. Make it funner. <laughs> <laughs> Come to a green room with me, pal. You can bust my balls, feel I, good about I life. Do. I enjoy working with you, but I also I, I enjoy. There's a lot of comics I enjoy working with, especially in Toronto. Particularly, there's this, the this town has my favorite, and I hate being using a gender to orient this, but it has my favorite female comics on the planet. Uh, I mean, Rebecca Reeds, Courtney Gilmore, uh, Catherine Nyker, uh, Adrian Fish, uh, like the list of this town's. Uh, amazing female comics and they're my favorite to be around mm -hmm. uh i actually have a I, fish is so much fun to hang oh, with God, well all of them are but i do have a i, I find the guys here the problem <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's a lot of uh atypical masculine sort of weird insecurities amongst the male comics here and it just mm -hmm. yeah, it's like all right you know there's like a handful i like you because in uh, a way you're yeah i mean you 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 don't you're not trying to provoke or pro possess a a strong um sort of that macho bro yeah. Yeah, man. fuck man, I I'm love easy that. going. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of great comics like that. I shouldn't paint with such a wide brush, mm -hmm. but it's a it's a weirdness that I just don't get and I never have. Yeah. You know? I think because my crew is so mean to each other, we've weeded out yeah. the shitty people, you know? Exactly, exactly. Like, they're like, yeah. oh, maybe, like, some guys used to come around a lot and we'd all bust balls and now they don't come around too often. <laughs> <laughs> But I'd like to be more inclusive and I'd like more people to understand and experience the joys of, I think when people are afraid of people like that, they haven't been introduced to it properly to understand and they haven't seen an example of why it's an endearing thing. Mm -hmm. And it, there should be like a way to indoctrinate people into the, the mild criticism of each other becoming a fun game because it's a great coping mechanism. It's something kids could learn mm -hmm. and not feel bullied. You know, when you, when you learn to laugh off insults, that's the most powerful thing you could ever teach your kid. Yeah. You know, kids now they they're they're attacked by other people. They they take it to heart and they take the full force of it. When you learn to laugh at insults, like when karate, when you learn to roll off a punch, yeah. or when you fall, you roll out of the fall. It takes all the energy out of it, and you survive. I had a friend of mine who teaches MMA. He goes, "I do it so kids don't feel bullied." I go, "Well, teach your kids to also fucking laugh off an insult." <laughs> you know, that's another huge yeah. thing to you know, and maybe throw one back <clears throat> in a funny way. I, that's a way better way to parry as children because. It also develops another muscle, your fucking brain. Mm -hmm. You have to be somewhat smart to understand those things. Mm -hmm. but, and it, it develops your wit, too, because yeah. instead of just sitting there crying, if you come back with something. And your EQ just, boom, and your boom, stability. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. yeah, lots of lots of things. And we don't, we never really seem to talk about those things in the anti-bullying message that we put out there. Yeah. It's like, you know, you kind of. It's not all bullying. It's yeah. some, some it's <laughs> buddies. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it, this is a this is a conversation for ten years after they've kind of <laughs> after this current sort of zone has crashed and people come back to reality again. Mm -hmm. um, well, let's get into uh, how did you get your start into comedy? If you're willing to talk about that, well, that's an okay because that's a concept. <laughs> <All right>. um, <laughs> you really did drop out of high school? Uh, no, no, or did I? Yep, you uh, did. If you can't remember, you probably did. <laughs> well, I, I, I started doing stand-up when I was still in high school. I know I did drop out. You're right. How old were uh, you? I was, the problem was is I was too young for my grade because I, was, I, was, I jumped a grade in grade three. So I was smaller than everybody else and younger, and I had no pubic hair, underarm when hair. When did you, because you, you're like, what, 6'2"? 6'3 six, six, and six, a half. I'm, uh, yeah, when did that hit? Uh, I, that's, like, a, that's an interesting question. I didn't grow until I'd already gotten out of high school. Really? Like I, I was all—I was about just under six foot in grade eleven. Mm -hmm. I didn't stop growing until I was twenty-one. 
That's weird. Uh, yeah. And uh, I grew probably between uh, 18 and 21, I grew up two inches. So yeah. I was six one near, I think, just after high school. I think that's when I was holding on, going, maybe I got a couple more <laughs> Maybe it's still coming. <laughs> yeah, it was a real late spurt. And I didn't get underarm hair until I was like 15. Yeah, I was yeah. pretty late on uh, on the pubes, too. I was terrified that I had super male syndrome. <laughs> and I wanted to get, they didn't have genetic testing back then, but I was like, I'm sure I've got two Y chromosomes and I'm going to be a criminal. <laughs> but, Self-diagnosed? Uh, yeah, well, as soon as they taught us about super male syndrome in biology, we're like, you know, oh, and they, go, they end up criminals and they have subpar intellect. And I'm like, that's me. Oh, that guy. <laughs> they're really tall and ganglier and, they're, and their sexual characteristics don't come till later in life if they ever do and i'm like oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrifying to hear as a child oh absolutely for your especially, like, especially while happening? everybody else is shaving a beard in your class and you're like i don't even have a lip here <laughs> i think that's why I've, I've never stopped having a beard as a, oh no i that's because this girl in la once told me i had a fat round face <laughs> yeah, yeah I, i've been told i'm not allowed to shave my face yeah ever oh god i'm like a pie if yeah. i take it off. Just, <laughs> jesus i used to have sh- <laughs> shaved head and shaved face fucking it just looked like a weird Whoa, weird thing i can't actually on. i can't no, I don't do don't it. picture it. Yeah, yeah, don't no. picture it. It's not pretty. Yeah, I th- I shaved it. I shaved my uh, my beard once. We were uh, staying in a cabin about uh, I think it was like six seven years ago in the winter, and we were up there for a month because uh, I had to write a show and I wanted to lock myself away from society. So I thought, oh, I'll shave my uh, shining style. Yeah, beard. And uh, my wife was like, oh, no. I looked so horrible. I, oh. I had a, I got a haircut in uh, last summer. This was like right. We were going away the next week. Uh, I was gonna had a ring I had already bought. I was gonna ask Kira to marry me, and I was like, ah, better you know clean myself up. Oh, so I went and got a yeah. got a haircut, and this guy fucking trimmed my beard down to this fucking like chin strap, pretty much. Looked like Walter Sobchak from Big Lebowski, John Goodman, <laughs> like just this little line. And I remember I went and picked Kira up after. As soon as she got in the car, she looked at me. She goes, "What the fuck happened to your face?" I, was like, I don't know what this guy did to me, man. Ah, uh, yeah. It, it, it's interesting how tied we are to certain uh, attributes of our thing. I actually cut my hair quite short this last one. And I was really scared to do it, uh, but I think I'm hooked on that now. I'm gonna. Go. I like short hair, especially in the summer. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I, like I don't own a comb either. I no, just let either. my hair yeah, do never, whatever. I never, shampoo it. That's it. Never, I got no never gel. My hair. Never, never ironed a shirt. Really? Yeah. I just, ironed some shirts here and there. I've hung a shirt up in a steamy post-shower room, <laughs> yeah. but I've never actually ironed a shirt in my life. Really? Yeah, like, I'd I, rather just have wrinkles on my shirt. I, uh, I, I'm OCD when I iron, man. Yeah, I know. I weird OCDs. When I do the dishes, it's everything. There's a pattern. Really? Uh, when I do my laundry, watch me fold laundry. It's insane. Yeah. I have a problem with laundry because uh, I like folding laundry my laundry <laughs> but my wife has every piece of clothing is like its own individual puzzle yeah and he, on, yeah. like how do you fold six strings in a fucking bow with a you know one side and then like why don't you fold that and put that how what yeah. do i do like what's the <laughs> why fold this and why not ball it up or like it's just, there's no rhyme or reason to me and uh me and kira have our own laundry hampers mm-hmm. so when my hampers full i do my own laundry uh, but sometimes, like, if her stuff's in the dryer, when I, I'll take it out and I'll fold it. But, like, 
I fold yeah. her underwear and I just like put it there where she's like, what are you doing? And she just unfolds everything I do. I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to fold this shit. I put on each of her underwear first and then <laughs> I take it off. Just to scent it. Yeah, yeah. So Throw that got, thong right yeah, up the ass yeah, crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to get out. Also stretch it out a bit. Make her feel like, fuck, I've lost weight. You know? That's a, it's a good it's husband. A I do a lot of things to good husband. That's one of the things I do. Sometimes I go up to her and I just whisper in her ear, you were right. And it doesn't matter what it's about. Just a couple of times a week, just say uh, that. And then they sit right. there and they feel really good. I was wrong. Yeah. You bring flowers? No, she hates flowers. Really? Hates flowers, chocolates, and champagne. So none of those. And jewelry. So my wife's quite uh, affordable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. Kira likes uh, the occasional flower out of the blue. It makes her happy. Yeah. So I keep it up. Um, but chocolates, she's a vegan, so yeah. I'm off the hook there. I think it's vegan, but okay. <laughs> uh, Boyd Banks says, vegan. Oh, your girl's a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> Boyd looks vegan. <laughs> Boyd, Boyd gave me a three pound tomahawk steak. A yeah, apparently, ago. he's an amazing cook. He's a I'd very love to actually. I, I, I got to go to his house one time. Yeah, he, yeah. When I first got here, I was invited all the time, but all of my all the interest in Pete dissipated after a year. <laughs> <laughs> um, Boyd um, one time made uh, lobster mashed potatoes. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, I went there one time. He had kangaroo shepherd's pie. No, I, I've had kangaroo numerous times. Not, not. I was the first time I ever had it. I'm yeah. like, well, I got to try it. Yeah. But he, uh, he's because he works at a butcher shop uh, at St. Lawrence Market. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And I he, thought he was wealthy for some reason. Well, he's doing. All, he's got like uh, he's got a lot of movie credits. He's, yeah. Uh, it's got to be weird to walk into the butcher and know him from three films. Yeah. <laughs> but that's like he just he goes. I like cheap meat. Yeah. He goes and it. Uh, well, he's like it's not hard. That's actually. I was thinking about getting a job at Best Buy just so I could get the discount. <laughs> I, I give them so much of my money. You're a Best I, Buy guy. Well, I'm a I'm a tech nut. I could work at uh, Canada Computers too. Yeah. Or you know, I just I, love, I have everything. Every game system. Every type really? of high tech. I've got three virtual reality systems. I've got everything. Jesus. You know, I've just always. I'm still trying to figure out my iPad. Yeah. Well, I've got every iPad. (laughs) I've got every Apple device. (laughs) You're tech savvy then? Because like my phone. Don't know how any of it works. (laughs) Uh, My phone, I, this is, I use it. As a phone, I call people, I text people. Yeah. There's not like much else I'm doing with this thing. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty savvy and I want to get more so. I've been, I, I try to teach myself a skill every like six months. Um, nice. Right now, I'm teaching myself uh, Python, uh, which is just a, a language because I taught myself Java before. And, <laughs> yeah. It's Python? Python's a language? Yeah. Like talk to snakes? Yes. Yeah? yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of like what slith- is Python. It's, what are you shaking it, your head at, it, Alex? It's what it's what Harry Potter had. HTML script. He's learning how to well, program computers. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Or you're thinking of Harry Potter when you? I never seen a Harry Snake Potter. Through. You've never seen a Harry Potter. I've never seen oh. a Harry Potter. I've never seen a Lord of the Rings. You've read Lord of the Rings though. I had to in high school. Yeah. Three different high schools I went yeah. to. Wait, no, it was The Hobbit they wanted me to read. Three different high schools, three different grades. And that's why you switched schools? Because, oh, you better not tell me to read The Hobbit or I'm no, off to kept, the next they one. They <laughs> kept sending me to shittier schools. <laughs> I went to a real good school, and then they sent me to a shitty school, and then that school is done with me. They sent me to a real Showed shitty school. Showed you a picture of a Hobbit. Yeah, that's that's, uh, point at the that's Hobbit. Bilbo. Yeah. Who's Bilbo? You got to circle him with chalk? <laughs> no, I, I enjoy it. Actually, and for the Harry Potter books, I listened to them on tape read by Stephen Fry, which I highly recommend anybody to do. I mean, they're not great books on any level, but they're <laughs> but they're uh, fun. 
uh, in a whimsical, as long as you don't think that they're great literature. And Stephen Fry, I think, read them better than the movies portrayed them. Like he read them with such panache, and uh, I mean, he's a glorious uh, orator. So, is your uh, wife a techie too, or no, is she just sick? No. Of you get buying all this shit. I was worried my wife was mentally retarded for five years. <laughs> I love her, but there's some. She struggles with a lot of things <laughs> that other people don't struggle with. But then she's a genius at putting stuff together, like solving any type of uh, costuming or, or. She sews pockets on everything i own and i think that's some sort of brilliance because she'll see me and i'll put my phone and i like, won't have a, you place need a pocket where, right yeah, here yeah, you probably put a pocket so i've got like all these shirts with like pockets in weird places where she thinks you could probably use a pocket there i go you did good today she goes, i did and kiss her god she's pretty anyways um yeah no she's not not much of a techie and she's jealous of all my technology she gets jealous of weird things like anything that draws my attention away from her mm -hmm. like i'll come back home so why are you looking at that look at me claw marks on it and yeah. stuff where she's <laughs> tried to punish it and things <laughs> a couple of teeth marks yeah <laughs> so uh, no but she has her own interests that uh are different yeah good good yeah. i just set up a, a super old stereo system up north at my dad's cottage Ooh, analog analog baby i got uh old school speakers ran the wire i got outdoor speakers one of one of those old receivers a and b so you got a, got a speaker that looks like a rock oh i i see i saw those yeah. when i was shopping that right. yeah. right. tempting right <laughs> yeah tempting to just i'd like to just make a pile of them and just sort of make, like block a road and then start talking to the cars <laughs> I, I used to want to get one of those uh rock hide keys and i lived in an apartment and i just wanted to sit it right by the door <laughs> <laughs> like clearly fake rock you know fake rock key inside <laughs> you know one of the things i'm i've i've been tempted to do in my building i gotta do it i, I thought of it a couple of days ago courtney says i shouldn't because i'll get in trouble is i want to put up uh signs all around my apartment building saying uh due to lack of interest we're closing the pool <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and just to have people all, what, what pool? What is pool? <laughs> oh, there is no pool? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. I had, a, I had a, a big, tall building. I had two towers, and they had a pool in the middle of it. Yeah. And I think the most people I've ever seen in there at once was four. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck, guys? Get in there. We have a, a an elaborate fountain that could easily be a pool, but we're not allowed to swim in you it. You can make it a pool. Well, yeah, they all these signs, don't swim in the fountain. But I'm like, what? Is there a security guard? No. Then do what you want. I know, but I love <laughs> it. And it's like, why isn't this a pool? <laughs> like, nobody goes, oh, I hope it's got you, a fountain, this building. <laughs> it's a huge fountain. It's you, bigger than a pool. You and your wife just walked into <laughs> the fountain in your towels, you jump the towels, get in, you got, you got drinks and shit. Yeah, but <laughs> just sitting in there. <laughs> oh, it's just such a weird thing to do in a building. Oh. <laughs> Um, so where did you start comedy then? You start out in BC? Yeah. Um, I guess you had to go into Vancouver? No. The first places I went, I, my, my best friend uh, was uh, <coughs> visually impaired and uh, he did all these impressions. He's, we were in uh, acting class together and he did uh, just hundreds of impressions. He was, he was legally blind. So I, I started hanging out with him because he got me into movies for free because mm -hmm. uh, you're allowed to bring a free person with a CNIB <laughs> card. So we just sit and watch movies like all day, every day. And he would just listen to them, I take it? No, he could he could see shapes see enough, and things. A big and screen he can see? Well, that's a different story I'll tell you about in a second. But he was his eyesight was getting so bad, he was like, he couldn't see it all by the end time. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he'd listen and, you know. So uh, we started listening to Sam Kinison tapes together and then Richard Pryor. And then um, I used to bring in uh, uh, Bob Newhart. Uh, 
which I remember him distinctly not liking, but I loved Bob Newhart for some reason. But I, I liked I liked all of that. Like every standup was just I was obsessed with at the time. And uh, so we thought, oh, let's do, let's try this. Well, let's try. It. We didn't know where or how to start, so we went to the local restaurant that had bands on, and we asked if we could go on in front and do some time. And uh, we only got one try at every place we did because we did so badly. And uh, he'd do like a Catherine Hepburn impression, and then I'd tell some filthy joke, like just <laughs> uh, like I can't even say them now. They were so. And how dirty. old are you at this time? Oh, uh, like sixteen. Okay. You know. And we did this for like uh, a, a full summer once in, in Kelowna. Oh, fuck. I said where I'm from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Talk, you talking long enough. You're going to slip up. Yeah. And it just, it was just so. Find out about those siblings so, soon enough. So brutal. It was so brutal. Like it just, nobody enjoyed what we were doing. And uh, then we went down to Vancouver one uh, weekend uh, to do the thing. And uh, he decided he didn't want to do it. And I went up and I, I had a, I had a really good time in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. I'd sort of evolved a little bit. I'd stopped being as profound. I was still quite dirty. Um, and then I saw the other comics. And I met them. And, and just meeting other comics, having never met comics, was such a lot of information. Like, yeah. oh, I can't do stuff I've seen. <laughs> you know, like, like just little things that you don't know. Oh, you can do the same material twice. Like just little things that you, you don't, you never even thought about. Like mm-hmm. you just assumed everybody went up and winged it every time when I first started. So uh, from that, I, I, I started going down to Vancouver. And that's where, you know, and. And I just what's uh what's the distance there, Kelowna to Vancouver? Back that was that was before the Coquihalla Highway was completed, so it's way longer back then. It was like six and a half, seven hour drive. You got a car? Are you taking a bus? Yeah, I, I, I just turned sixteen, so I, I bought a, a the least reliable vehicle that's ever been made, which is a nineteen seventy one convertible MGB, uh, which had two six volt batteries rather than a twelve volt linked in series, <laughs> which is fantastic. Then reverse polarized electronics, so anything could short it out. Uh, just British British engineering at its <laughs> finest. Uh, so that fucking piece of shit, I drove down a couple of times, got stranded and had to fix. And then I just uh, said to myself, you know, I'm just going to go to Vancouver. Yeah. And how old are you when you moved down there? Young enough that I couldn't get a phone or electricity or an apartment. <laughs> like 17? Yeah. Like, oh, shit. I, I might, yeah, I think I was 17. I might have been younger. What was the plan? Just go down and figure it out? Yeah. My uncle <coughs> was a shareholder in a fairly successful restaurant, so I kind of leveraged that to a, a, a job. Yeah. And uh, then bussing I, or... Uh, no, actually, Could I you? wouldn't. I wouldn't bust tables. <laughs> no, you're 17. No, I I I I ran food, which was uh, allowed me to not deal with dirty dishes, which I hated. Um, <laughs> spoiled little shit that I was. And then, uh, yeah, I just started doing shows at Punchlines back then. And then I and I worked there for a while. And then they found out how old I was. So I worked there for a year and a half. I think I was. I was like ju- I was 18 and a half when somebody told them I was underage. And what what uh, year about is this? Like just for just to paint the picture. 90, 90, 91. Okay. Yeah. So that was that was the worst. I remember as a kid that was the worst time, worst thing that ever happened to me because I got banned from the club and I fucking cried for three days straight. Like I was destroyed. <laughs> like I couldn't believe it. Um, I sat on the steps one day all day just to because so I talked to somebody. I, just let me back in. Can't do this to me. What was the problem? Just because you're seventeen? Like we got. Young comics. That the come liquor the all the time. rules in BC. Oh, yeah, they're different. Different. Right? It was nineteen. First of all, you had to be to be in a bar in BC. Still is. The rules for the liquor license they had 
they didn't understand how it was, but they knew I couldn't be in there. Plus I was drinking in there, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, so yeah. I was doing all the stuff you shouldn't have been doing. <clears throat> my, da- my dad got fired from uh, the local strip club. He was a bartender there. He got fired on his 18th birthday because the guy found out he'd been working there underage. <laughs> He's like, you fuck, you gotta fuck me over and fired him. I did the same thing in Los Angeles. So I moved down to LA when I was 20, 19 or 20 for about a year. And I bartended at the Roxbury at, okay. at its peak. And uh, I was underage the entire time. I was, and I couldn't get into bars down there. And I had a really famous friend that I used to hang out with solely because nobody would card me if I was with him. Yeah. And that's the only way I got into Who was it? Clubs Name now. names. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Cult wanna, of fame is an empty Want to know who this asshole is getting <laughs> underage kids drunk. <laughs> no, he, I don't know if he knew. <laughs> I, I do find a 21 21 drinking age is fucking ridiculous yeah like yeah i would see i was always thought that they should lower the drinking age and raise the driving age okay. uh, i thought people were less likely to drive illegally mm-hmm. than to drink illegally and you could at least learn how to drink you yeah know, uh, before. Well, that's the thing with little young kids going away to school now like you go away at 17 like when you took off at 17 you probably weren't pretty responsible you know you're well you had to be a certain level of responsibility. but you were probably it was a party right Mm, yeah yeah Yeah. i was but i was also incredibly naive i was one of those kids that would walk up to people that smoked and guess do you even know what you're doing to yourself (laughs) (laughs) do you realize the damage that like i was did you ever smoke bots Oh, I didn't start smoking until I was 26. You don't smoke anymore, do you? No, but I, 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 I never smoked, smoked. That's a weird age to start smoking cigarettes, too. Yeah, Los Angeles was weird that way. Yeah. And the second time I moved there, I, I started smoking. Because I'd smoke when I'd drink. And because uh, it seemed more of an expression than it was an addiction. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. When I uh, was quit for a long time in college and I would... I'd have a smoke when I drank, and then I got to the point where I was drinking to drink have a smoke. Drinking all the time, yeah. I'm just like, well, if I crack a beer, I can have a cigarette. And then uh, all of a sudden, I was a smoker again. I had two rules with both booze and cigarettes, is that I'd never drank or smoked during the day. Um, I always thought that will keep me. You don't thin. keep that rule now, do you? I don't drink at all, and I don't smoke. Oh, you don't drink at all? No, okay. I haven't drank it. Well, I, that's not true. I drink when I'm in the, the UK. <laughs> okay. But I don't drink in Canada, generally. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> I, I don't drink very much anymore. But um, when but you did drink, a nice day drunk, you can't beat no, that. I hate, no, nothing makes me sick to my stomach more than thinking really? about drinking during the day. Oh, if I did drink, it would be late at, late at night when the sun's just setting like this, when the coolness uh, sets in. But heat and drunk makes me want to vomit. <laughs> I like the heat and the refreshingness of a nice cold beer. It's like watching somebody smoke at the beach. I want to. Yeah, like, that's, what I don't like that shit. What the fuck are you doing? And then they just stick. It, <laughs> they just stick it in the sand. Yeah, fuck you. It's hot, and then you're. <clears throat> like, yeah. How is this? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm baffled by it. I, I'm baffled by smoking, like in general, like because I did it for so long, yeah. and it was it was it wasn't the hardest to quit. No, I uh, like I it remember, took me a few yeah. times, but when I finally quit, and you look back on it, you're like, "That's fucking retarded." Easy with the you word. already said that word, didn't you? <laughs> Did <I>? <laughs> <laughs> my producer saying you said it. Uh, Thank you, Alex, for having my back. Sorry. But no, you're just like, why would you? Why would you fucking do that? Dude? Like, and how much it costs? You're like, yeah, this is just ridiculous. Well, that's whenever. But then again, I, I smoke weed every day, so I can't. Whenever see. I work with a Canadian comic that smokes, I am baffled by like, how can you afford to mm-hmm. do this? Yeah. You have rich parents. You can't afford anything else. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. It's like, I, 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 were you, so you were never a heavy smoker? No, no, no. 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 What about drugs? Did you have a drug phase? Uh, 
Well, I still am going through a drug so phase. Through drug phase. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a, I use quite a bit of marijuana. Yeah, well. Quite a, a bit. But again, that's also generally only Until next night. month, it won't even be a drug anymore. True. Um, <laughs> uh, but I prefer the interactions I have socially when I'm high, too. I mm-hmm. like I like giggling and having fun. I, um, I love being high. Like, well, I'm always high, but I'm not sitting in the corner paranoid high. No, me I'm neither. Like, I, I, I socialize and, yeah, and interact, yeah. 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 Uh, I've also recently really started to like acid. Yeah, I saw you uh, posted a video, you and your wife in Vegas, high on acid. Oh, that was a good one. I have not been on acid since, I think I was 15, the last time I did acid. Yeah, I, I hadn't been 16, on it maybe. for 10 years. And then I'd read all these studies about how it affects serotonin uptake inhibitors. And I've, I've been reading certain researches on how you can sort of make little breakthroughs. And I was having a hard time coping at some point with my mom's passing. Um, I didn't feel I mourned it properly. I didn't sort of, I wasn't able to face it head on. I still had part of it locked up. So I, I would, I, I would make little notes to myself so that when I was high, I could sort of visit the topics I wanted to try and explore. And I found ways to sort of, um, deal with some things that were really bothering me mm-hmm. and acid was an incredible tool for that. So what I try to do is I, every six months have a sort of a trip. Nice little trip. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not one of those drugs you can really abuse. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, I abused it a little too much in uh, high school. And that's why I'm like, I can't do this shit. Anymore. Oh, yeah. But it was like, I did fucking six hits one time. Oh, my wow. buddy just put them on my tongue. And I remember them sitting on my tongue. And I looked at this girl I was with. And I stuck my tongue out. And my, uh, she just looked at me. She's like, you're fucked. And then he ended up like four hours later. He's like, you want more? And I was like, fuck yeah, I want more. And I did like four more. <laughs> and it was just too much, man. I did that one night to Kevin McDonald in a bar in Vancouver. I'm kids in the hall. I'm like, hey, you're Kevin McDonald. He's like, yeah. And I was like, I had, uh, I put some acid on my finger. And I put it in his mouth. <laughs> <It's> like, uh, <laughs> and he's like, what was that? I go, that was acid. <laughs> and I walked away. <laughs> the last time, uh, I think that's illegal what you did, by the way. <laughs> Kevin McDonald's been looking for you ever since. <laughs> I ran into him in Winnipeg. I never brought it up. I wonder if he is. Uh, you remember me? <laughs> The last time I ever did acid, actually, I was on an unwilling participant. Uh, this guy poured him on my magic mushrooms. Poured? It? Like he had liquid acid and like dropped a That's couple cool. of drops on my mushrooms when I because we all had them set up on the table and I'm like I, I'm gonna go get whoever and this fucking dude just like in front of my buddy and his sister who's like check it out and they fucking put acid on my mushrooms and I remember like I was so I'm like guys I've never had fucking mushrooms like this this is crazy and they're like (laughs) did you have bad trips on them or Um, I've never had a bad trip yeah see I I never have had a bad trip on acid I had one bad trip once on mushrooms in Los Angeles oh yeah yeah where I kind of had a real sort of dark flip out thing and uh then i decided to race my car through laurel canyon jesus and i lost control of it and then i walked away from it <laughs> and left it on the street you get busted then no you're just confessing the numerous crimes oh here. i did a lot of horribly <laughs> poor decisions in my 20s that mm-hmm. i uh i mean if i could call somebody in back in time i would cost me work i'd go don't work this guy he's uh trouble avoid him i know i i i mean but we all we change you know and mm-hmm. 
I, I feel I feel uh, any any of the people I might have hurt through some of my short sighted naivety, but a lot of it was root in personal fear and evolution that we all go through. And and I didn't really hurt other people, but I did make dumb decisions that could have, yeah, you know, had they gone wrong. I look back at a lot of shit I did. I'm like, man, I was kind of a prick to a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know. I I guess I try to atone these days. And uh, well, you, you should be nicer feel, to. You should feel sorry for that, but you should also realize you're not that person anymore. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not doing that anymore, no, no. we we we're not every we we're not the same people we are in the past. Mm-hmm. We're, we we are different creatures, and you can't be crippled by the guilt. You can only just try and be a better person. So look at that words know. of wisdom with Pete Johansson. Yeah, and play with your buttholes. <laughs> you like uh, you like the butt play? Uh, I like it. I like anything. You ever been pegged? Oh God, yes. Really? Like in the last week. Really? <laughs> the wife has fun with that? Yeah, yeah. I've I've zero boundaries sexually. Really? Yeah. And you guys, uh, how long have you been with your wife? 11 years. 11 years? Married that whole time? or? Uh, no, well, no. We didn't. We weren't married the first day. Well, I don't know. <laughs> we could have a wild relationship. Could we, fucking meet each other. Uh, we did get married really quick. So yeah. Like eight months after we met. Yeah, see? Yeah. And it's, uh, you're co- totally open, everything, like... Yeah, yeah, but I mean, we're... we're like, is there boundaries with this, or... No lying. No lying. Yeah. Like, if you fuck somebody, I just want to know about it. I mean, it's not a matter of, it's not like if you fuck somebody, it's like uh, the expression of our relationship is one of honesty mm-hmm. and one of mutual curiosity and exploration yeah, and yeah. Uh, whatever that entails and whatever it doesn't entail. And it's just, you never break uh, a trust or an agreement or mm-hmm. anything like that. But we also have no fears of bringing anything up with each other. It's a, we don't have a uh, an omnibus of what it is. We just have rules of, we treat each other decently and we're ethical. Mm-hmm. I mean, about our interactions with not just us, but with other people too. You don't like I. Uh, I've had numerous opportunities where uh, there's been an opportunity to have uh, intimacy with somebody outside my relationship, and she thought I was cheating on my wife. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, no, uh, no, cool. no. This is this. Need is, me to Facetime her? And I have done that. And, <laughs> and I've, I've, she likes to watch. No, but yeah, she. Has. <laughs> uh, but uh, I've then had those people go, no, I'm not. So they were okay if it was cheating, but they weren't okay when, cool. when it's open. And I find that sort of an interesting conundrum of uh, what that interaction and dynamic is. Like, mm-hmm. it's like you're okay when you're hurting somebody, but not when nobody's yeah. getting hurt. So say, <laughs> say you're on the road after a show, pick up a girl. Bingo, bango, you go, do you, do you ask permission oh, no. or do you tell her after you give her the recap? We, we don't need to do that. But I'll, to be honest with you, that's not really much of an issue anymore. I mean, earlier on when we were spending a lot of time away from each other. Mm. Yeah, we did that. And then we talk about it and we'd also pl- involve it in our own erotic play, you know, like, you know, it was mm-hmm. just, it, you're thrilled for, you know, she's thrilled for me and I'm thrilled for her when we have a great experiences. Like, it's like, yeah. if you have a great meal, you don't keep it secret from your partner. Oh, you take a picture <laughs> of it, you put it on Instagram, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, I, I want every, we both want each other to both be happy. And that was sort of a thing. Now, when we do stuff like uh, that's sort of a, that it's generally as a couple. Okay. Um, we enjoy uh, that. That's yeah. it's fun, you know, but yeah, it's again. It's like a treat that we have every once in a while. It's not an everyday thing. And I don't. I think we overbuild sexuality as a sort of an identity factor. Mm-hmm. Like even when it comes to our gender uh, disposition and taste, it's like I'm so much more than the one twentieth of my body that's my dick. Yeah. Like why is that what we used to identify ourselves with? Have, have <laughs> you uh, either two of you ever had like maybe one fifteenth? <laughs> <laughs> have you either two of you ever had like an ongoing thing with somebody outside? Yeah. 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 And it was 
like, but, but like it, would you go on dates or was it just a? I don't want to talk about that because I think I'd be belaying. I don't know if they're okay with us describing okay. their thing. Uh, we we had a, a friend that was uh, uh, a partner in our relationship for a little bit. Yeah, and it was wonderful. Okay, friend of both of you. Oh God, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah, she, she, it was still incredibly tight. She just happens to live very far away from us mm -hmm. and it hurts us that she's not around, mm -hmm. you know? Well, you want to take Alex then? <laughs> yeah, if, if, if something develops emotionally. Like he's got, his shirt says sex and drugs right on it. Sex, drugs, and sausage rolls. That's what he's bringing to the table. Yeah, I, I mean, you can't. This guy owns Never Sleeps Network. You can't predefine what you're looking for. <laughs> it you just know? happens, yeah. eh? <laughs> yeah, that's why I always find it weird when people say, I'm this or that. It's like, I mean, you don't know who you're going to fall in love with. You don't know who you're going to have kismet with. Why, why put up barriers and just let it happen when it does and mm -hmm. just be honest about it? I, I, I'm always shocked with comics too. Like I deal with a lot of male comics that cheat on their partners and have throughout my entire career. I've always been fascinated by it, but that know that I have the relationship I have and then they'll, they'll cheat on their partners and they're like, you're okay with this. Right. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I, I don't you're care what you do. Person. I don't care what you do sexually. Just don't fucking lie, mm -hmm. you know, and don't tell girls on the road that you love them when you don't. That's another thing that always <laughs> drives me. I see so many people tell people that I love them in order to get into bed and i'm like that's so fucking wrong <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it seems to work for my fiance yeah oh yeah well yeah <laughs> it's the only way to really lock one down granted uh -huh. <laughs> i actually she she's she's nice and comes out on the road with me from time to time just, yeah she went out west with you yeah, just she? so i can have a good roadhead story you know oh likes to likes to contribute <laughs> so how hard was it to give her head <laughs> <laughs> while i was driving it was impossible <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Everything's going strong. You're good. You got a tattooed ring, so you got to stick in the game, eh? Yeah. Like well, your wedding ring? Well, yeah, it is. Well, this is a weird... Did she get the same one? Well, uh, my wife did everything that... I guess in classical nomenclature, which I don't like the term, uh, made her seem like she was crazy when we first met. But I loved every part of it. Um, <laughs> she showed up about three months in with my initials tattooed on the inside of her finger. Oh, shit. And <laughs> a lot of people, after they'd been given two hand-painted pictures of Nirvana where they've replaced my face with Kurt Cobain's, would have <laughs> ran for the hills. But I thought, I like this girl. <laughs> and uh, I enjoyed all of those aspects. And when she did that, I supported her. And I went and did the same thing. And... And then we turned, uh, decided to get, because uh, we both, I hate diamonds in the jewelry trade and any mm -hmm. type of thing, and she hates jewelry. Uh, so we thought tattooed rings would be a better way to go. Um, you, well, you will use the word crazy because you brought it up. I, I, that's the type of woman I used to go for. Yeah. Like it, it was always just crazy. You never knew what was going on. But then at some point, I just got to the point where I'm like, I can't deal with these, like, just too much emotion on the table, you know? Well, I, she was never that <clears throat> emotional. She was just up for it. Mm -hmm. You know, like up for that instant Girl that decision. doesn't say no. Yeah. Well, it's not just, but it's not just in that, not just in the arena of sexuality. I'm well, it's not even sexuality, just life. Like the reason I moved to England was because one day I, I, had a, I had a TV pilot fallout that I was, I was four days away from shooting and it was my entire summer was supposed to do it and it fell apart. Uh, and I was like devastated. And she's like, let's move to England. I'm like, okay. okay. <laughs> it was just like at the drop of a hat. And that, and she's what'd always, she do for a living? Uh, well, she was a model. Okay. Um, for about seven years in London, she modeled and acted in lots of commercials and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And 
yeah so it was it was wonderful you know and it was exciting it was a new new world and stuff like that and now we're back in canada and yeah you like being back here I have mixed feelings about it. I love Canada. You've been back, what, a year now? year and a half. Yeah. But, uh, I enjoy Canada. I, Is your first stay in Toronto? Or you, you've lived in Toronto before this, right? No. No? No. I, I chose Toronto because it was faster to fly back to the UK from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vancouver is and not. Obviously, you keep not, a lot of work there, too. Right? Yeah, I'll, I, I did. I, I'm stopping this year, kind of, except for maybe. I'm, I'm not going back as much. I used mm-hmm. to fly there like every month or two. Mm-hmm. just to do some shows, but I won't be doing that as much anymore. And, um, but yeah, the flight, you know, from here, it's only six and a half, seven hours. It's easy to do, but Vancouver is just, it was just a little too much, Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know, plus rent in Vancouver and <clears throat> rent, I mean, here's not that fucking good either. Yeah. It's better than Vancouver. Um, and this, it's also closer to other areas I want to explore like, uh, New York and Chicago and, mm-hmm. and different places in the States. It's, How long did you live in LA the second time? Uh, seven years. Seven years? Seven, eight years, yeah. Nice. You go back there often, or? I was there a couple of weeks ago. I don't, I don't, I, I have a love-hate relationship with LA. I don't really like the industry, but fuck, I love the food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will go there just to eat. <laughs> just here for lunch. I, I, just stopping in. I think it's the greatest food destination on the planet. Well, everything's like, fresh. Oh, fresh and to a degree healthy and just the access and the quality. And to be honest with you, it's affordable compared to, you can have incredibly good food there for a reasonable price. Mm-hmm. And you just can't find that in Canada. Yeah. Well, everything's got to be shipped here, you know? And well, it doesn't. This is, we, we all buy these lies. We have massive farms over most of our country. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't pay anywhere near what we pay. But the, the, the cost of everything here is also we're paying a hidden tax called profiteering off of land. I mean, the, the majority of the expense in our food here is real estate costs that are exorbitantly overpriced by a government that is, you know, taking part in the exploitation yeah, yeah, yeah. of its own people. Oh yeah, like so. a house in well, Toronto, Vancouver, like who's got a million fucking dollars? Yeah, and and they won't because that's a speculative. Uh, that's where the money to all the political parties comes from is basically banks and people that own land. Those those of us renters are the most <coughs> powerful voice in politics, and we will never be considered until we start burning down the houses of the rich. <laughs> all right, let's do it right now. <laughs> My one listener tim golden get out there we know you're a lawyer but just break the law this one time nothing, nothing says how disconnected and short-sighted we are financially the fact that fucking doug ford even has two digits in poland <laughs> right it is most and to be honest with you the second he's elected everybody in this province has to shut the fuck up about trump because you've just elected the equivalent in canada you mm-hmm. have lost every vocal uh disparaging remark that you can make about the united states by electing such a a, a, a duck Documented buffoon yeah. of every level. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I'm not a fan of the other two candidates either. I, I think this is a horrible choice, really. But any logical person, I would much rather reelect Catherine Wynne, who I think did a horrible job with the privatization of hydro. And I think most of us agree. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, we would have lost, I mean, it would have gone to a degree bankrupt had they not done it or into bond receivership. But we have to rethink politics as a whole. And to be honest with you, blockchain could be the example that absolutely changes politics but we can't even talk about that because they want us to be scared of blockchain at all costs because a transparent accounting system would transform the world on a level that you'll never see but yeah because you couldn't have corruption in a blockchain economy you'd see where every dollar went and anybody could go online and look and see oh this dollar went here this dollar went there and that's why they should switch some government should lead the pack somewhere in the world and destroy corruption with it and then it'll catch on elsewhere when the people go fuck 
These these are, <laughs> these are institutions that are in place. That yeah. uh, well, we've had an organized level of corruption that's existed in North America on a level that we don't talk about because we relabel it. We give it different words. You know, lobbying and and coercing and all these uh, you know benefits and 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 uh, incentives. And but it's all bribery. It's mm-hmm. all bribery. China lists the United States as the most corrupt country on earth when dealing with because they know every action that they want to take place just requires a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. You know, there's certain countries where you can't do that. You can't go to Denmark and convince them through money to change certain policies about their thing. But you can do that in the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, that's corruption. That's the definition of corruption. But we, we don't allow those concepts thing. We do the same thing in Canada. Yeah. Anyways. Say, so, yeah. <laughs> Never laughs network. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. All right. Let's, uh, we got, that's almost, that's over an hour. Um, oh, seriously? We'll wrap, we'll, we'll, I, uh, I suck balls. How did, uh, how did the uh, Netflix special come, uh, come to fruition? Uh, it, it was, it's, not, you did it's not a Netflix special. I had a. I had the a, first one, though. Was yeah. that UK? Uh, uh, you no, got that through no, the UK? I, or? The only country that loves me, where I'm, where people like me a lot, seems to be Holland. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I've had great success in Holland. Not uh, a bad place to be yeah, successful. Yeah, why not? Beautiful Just country. Choose a country with only 2 million people. Where um, <laughs> <laughs> English is their second language. Yeah, why, why wouldn't you want that to be the place where you really... Huge click? in Holland. <laughs> yeah. So I had a production deal with a, with a company for a DVD you know, or they, you know, I signed a deal and they were going to have to pay me a, a big lump of cash. And they got to the point where DVD sales everywhere around comedy had plummeted and crashed. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, um, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're going to just have to pay me the money and not produce anything. And I was like, well, let's do something. Let's do something. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to spend this money anyway, so let's just shoot it. And uh, let's see if we can't find a, a different outlet. So we shot it. They, Where did you, sh- you shot it in Holland? Yeah, shot it in Holland. Okay. And so they're like, they were approached by uh, Netflix Europe. Um, and at the time, Netflix was very divided. So you had like Europe, you had UK, you had Canada. And, and I think it was only about 14 countries when we first shot. And so when they went to Europe, Europe's like, yeah, absolutely. We'll take this. We love this. We'll, we'll, be, pr- we'll be part of this. Mm-hmm. And then as they did that, Netflix did their biggest expansion ever to 82 countries. And they were looking for content that would be universal. And so they're like, oh, shit, this is, yeah, this is great. Can we release this in all 82 countries? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah, Go yeah, ahead. Absolutely. But um, make sure it's in Holland. <laughs> well, that's the only place <laughs> they've advertised it. Um, <laughs> so uh, here it doesn't even show up in the comedy list. It shows up in foreign films. <laughs> but uh, it was lovely. It was, it's nice. And uh, the, re- the response when people do stumble across, it's been incredible. Uh, it's been very well reviewed. But uh, nobody's seen it. I tried to get my hometown. I remember I went to the newspaper in my hometown to see if, uh, you know, hey, I've got a, Netflix, a special coming out on Netflix. It'd be nice. And like, nah, not interested. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is there a lot of people from Kelowna that have these coming out? Is that, maybe I'm wrong. Like half your newspaper is dedicated to junior hockey players that'll never make the NHL. But no, uh, this is a, no, it's pointless. Too funny. I can't, there's no country like Canada when it comes to not giving a fuck about comics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, do you do all your own PR and all that or? Huh? I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't even know what that means. Well, shop that shit around. In the UK, uh, I have people, people that handle there. everything. Yeah. yeah, and I used to have management <clears throat> stuff in the US, but I don't go there enough for that to make sense. And 
I don't know what to do in this country yet. To you be can't do anything. It's fucked, man. It is it is a frustrating when you're dealing with anybody in the traditional avenues of entertainment that I experienced in the UK where their eyes lit up when I said it was a comic has the opposite effect in this country. Where yeah, like, oh, another go, one. Good. Oh, Good. a comic. Yeah. Uh, and there's such a negative association with what we do. And it's, I don't know where that came. Well, I do know where that came from. Uh, acres and acres of shitty comics. <laughs> yeah, acting, there's shitty comics act, everywhere, no, man. That that acted incredibly unprofessionally when given opportunities. Okay, okay. Um, that's more accurate. And there's great. There's people that have evolved. I mean, there's people that have, like Mark Farrell that have done incredible things in this I country. Think, I think the country in a whole is just bitter that we all leave if you get any success. You know? <sighs> yeah. And I, I got to be honest with you. I'm embarrassed when I I never tell people I do comedy here. Because people look at you with sadness. <laughs> <laughs> Let me buy you lunch. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what do you, like, I, I have to subjugate my entire ego when people find out I do comedy. So I just don't even bring it up. I say I'm a writer. Or, I often say I do tech manual writing because I get no follow-up questions. Yeah. Okay. Well, we got to go do some uh, tech manual writing mm-hmm. at the, uh, the Rivoli right now. Rivoli. A Rivoli. Um, did you have a good time here at the the Potato Files? Quantifiably. On Never against, Sleeps Network. Against the background joy that I have in my life. It, it, <laughs> it peaked in certain places, but it never dipped. So well, take that. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm, I'm really happy you came down. Um, it was a fun talk. and uh, It wasn't. No, it was good. It was. I got some, I, I got some new insight. I on hate Johan. I hate the hearing my own voice and the bullshit that spouts out my face. I wanted to know more about you. This should have been you talking more. Well, Everybody wants to What do you to want to know, huh? Well, well, we're not going to go another hour. No, we can't do it. I know. It take but, four hours. Yeah, but I, Let me unload. I enjoyed, Let me lay down I, on the bed over there I and you just sit in the chair. It. I don't know if that's necessary. Okay, I, lay in the bed with me. Tell your wife. It'll be fine. I'd like to get to know you better, but that's not a, not a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go get to know each other uh, outside these crazy walls. Um, guys, this has been uh, another episode of The Potato Files. Here on Never Sleeps Network, my guest, Pete Johansson. Guys, type his name into your Netflix search and give his uh, special a watch. What and was the guy that listens to the show? Tim Golden. Hey, Tim. <laughs> hey. Just, just, just look me up in there. Thanks, uh, bud. Tim, Tim will watch it for sure. <laughs> what, what would he plug in? Uh, Pete Johansson, at Pete Johansson's, all your social stuff? Yeah, I just did that, by the way. So I used to have different names for my social media, but I was told by a number of people that I was a fucking idiot <laughs> for doing that. And especially when I went and looked and I and I was able to get my actual name. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah you can That's find That's nice. Me. I yeah. could get my name. There's 30 of us. Pete Johansson, J-O-H-A-N-S-S-S-S-S-S-O-N. Nice. <laughs> a couple extra S's. A lot of sass in this guy. Thir- 13 S's. <laughs> um, and of course, guys, <laughs> uh, I'm Jeff Paul Comedy on everything. And you can find me every single Wednesday night, Underground Comedy Club, Dope and Mike Comedy. It's been another episode of the Potato Files on Never Sleeps. Thanks, everybody. Come back soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Hello to the five people still listening and mom. Thank you for listening to the Potato Files here on Never Sleeps Network. Now that you're done this, go check out another NSN podcast created right here in Toronto. 
comedy and wrestling fans, check out Casey Corbin's wrestling podcast, Talkin' Wrestling, here on NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.